in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Hey guys, good morning. Welcome here to uh, That Farm Life Podcast. My name is Archie Mason. I'm your host. Uh, That Farm Life Podcast is a resource of the Agri-Health Network. Here at the Agri-Health Network, we're all about providing resources to the farming community to help with the stress and strains of life. You can check us out at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth.net. That's our website. You know, it has been stated that about 20% of the farming population uh, may suffer from depression. We have a saying here at the Agri-Health Network, hey, it's okay to not be okay. We just want to help you not stay that way. So that's why we're here. That's our goal to provide resources again to the agricultural community to help in any way uh, that we can. Hey, just a couple things, info real quick that we do here. Another resource that we provide is what we call shop talks. I was in the consulting business for a number of years. I did a lot of grower meetings. So our shop talk conferences that'll be coming up, uh, it'll be uh, there in the fall. We'll be a lot like those grower meetings and uh, we'll be talking about some of the uh, issues that we face in the farming community uh, during those uh, conferences. Also, some big events that are coming. I know this is way out there, but the USA Rice Outlook Conference will be in New Orleans in December. Uh, we'll be a part of that, and we'll have a booth there. The American Farm Bureau big meeting, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, is going to be in January. We'll be a part of that also. So if you're planning on that, look for a booth to be there. Hey, let me give a shout out to some of the folks who partnered with us, Baker Implement, Arkansas Rice, Bear. Uh, Farm Bureau, plus we have some others who uh, are partnering with us as we're trying to navigate uh, what is known as the mental health crisis that we face in the agri community. Now, I'm very excited. We're in a series regarding uh, ag pilots and crop dusters. So hopefully you caught the last episodes of the podcast. If you missed those, you can go to our website and check that out or look for us anywhere, that Farm Life podcast on any place that you listen to podcast. Today, we have Stan and Robert Ferguson, who are with us today. They're ag pilots. And guys, thank you for joining us today. Yes, sir. Good to be here. Yep. Thanks and, for the invite. Hey, and you know, we kind of laughed about it. We got all of us country boys trying to figure out this technology on this <laughs> podcast. So, uh, oh my. <laughs> so we made it and uh, we're here and I know we're working around the rain. Uh, here in Arkansas. I live on Crowley's Ridge, Northeast Arkansas. And so I'm surrounded by rice, soybeans, and a lot of corn. So man, the plains have been flying uh, since it's been a little dry before this rain came through. And I know you guys have been busy. Hey, tell us a little bit about uh, where you're located and tell us a little bit about your flying service. Well, um, Archie, we're here in Cotton Plant, um, about a mile south of town, 17, between Brinkley and, and Cotton Plant. And um, been here since 1980. <laughs> Moved over from Mississippi. Well, yes, sir. You, hey, I told you before. You know that that's kind of my old stomping grounds. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was interesting. 
Yes, sir. That's very interesting. So uh, uh, there's a lot of stories down through that. Hey, well, tell us about, hey, tell us about your family. Well, Robert, won't you answer that first? All righty. Well, my wife, Tori, and my two beautiful daughters, Maddie and Kenzie, uh, we all live in Searcy, Arkansas. So I fly in South Arkansas, so I kind of, I'm away, you know, during most of the season, flying season. And uh, I, uh, I fly for Al Patrick down in Lakewood, uh, Lake Village, Arkansas. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll come up here and help, you know, a few operators in central Arkansas, like Lone Oak, uh, Carlisle, uh, even up in Missouri sometimes, you know, if somebody gets in a jam. But anyway, yeah, my family's in Searcy, and, and I just try to go and see them when I can. I went and saw them last night and then drove here to, to Dad's uh, flying service and uh, to have this uh, interview with y'all, and then I'm going to head back to South Arkansas. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, you stated while ago, I sent you a text, and you said you were dropping the kids off at school and then uh, heading this way. Hey, and Robert, I would say, too, right, that yep. I know as we talk about, you know, it takes all the agriculture community to make everything work. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, and that's some stress and strain on you guys. And, you know, you're flying, and uh, I guess you ever go down to Louisiana, fly uh, in any of the southern states, you ever do that? I sure do. I, uh, I actually, I went last year. A guy crashed his 602, and he was okay, but I helped him out last year in uh, Ville Platte, Louisiana. And then this year, we un unfortunately had a young man. Uh, uh, he uh, he crashed, and he passed away um, in Faraday. And uh, uh, they they called me to ask to come help them, you know, during this this crunch for the pre-flood on rice and, and, uh, did some rice planting and spraying for them for a few days. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's, you know, it's really busy down there in Louisiana right now for sure. Hey, Robert, how long have you been flying? I've been flying for uh, 11 years, uh, you know, as an aerial applicator. Of course I've been flying, you know, just, <clears throat> just for fun before that, you know, I've been flying since I was a senior in high school, but, I started actually crop dusting when I was 22, 23, I believe. So, uh, yeah, about 11 years. Wow. Uh, Mr. Stan, how long have you been flying? This is my 46th season. <laughs> 46. Wow. Uh, I can't believe it. It's gone by quick. Sure has. Yeah. But um, um, like I was telling you before, uh, Sue and I are both from the Delta of Mississippi. We both were raised over there. She was from Shelby, and, and I was from Rosedale. And uh, a little tidbit about Rosedale, Mississippi, uh, it produced nine ag pilots. Hmm. Nine different men come out of that town or fly. It's a lot yeah. for a small town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we moved over here, uh, Archie. Uh, Sue's parents uh, farmed up here, and uh, her grandparents owned ground here. And they needed a they needed the aerial applicator uh, for their farm, so we just moved up from from where I was working in Mississippi, and just built this airstrip on their farm, and we've been here ever since. Wow! Hey, what caused you guys? Now that's that's interesting. Nine nine pilots came out of that community, which that's that's wild. But what caused you guys, or motivated you to? to fly. You know, I'd like to hear from you first, Mr. Stan and Robert, you tell us also what, what got you into flying? 
there was a gentleman from McClellan, Arkansas, which is just eight miles from here, uh, moved over uh, to Rosedale in 52. And that's when they started introducing rice to the Delta over there. So he and a couple of farmers from Hazen moved over there and started farming rice. Well, they set their airstrip up just right a half a mile from our house. So I grew up around an airplane uh, flying and I just developed a love for it. And that gentleman took me for my first airplane ride when I was six years old. <laughs> so, and, and I've got a video of it, believe it or not. But um, anyway, I, you know, as a kid, uh, you know, you see these airplanes flying uh, during the summer. I was in all of the, the World War II planes that, you know, uh, had been used several years before that. And I, I was one of those kids that, you know, built model airplanes. And I had a collection of about 50 or 60 in my room there. And uh, so I loved them from, from the word go. And then the crop dusters back then, um, they were uh, developed for agriculture. In other words, they were produced for agriculture. They weren't, they weren't um, um, a World War II reject or something. Uh, and so they resemble those fighter planes. And man, I just sat out there and watched them and dreamed about it. And when I got old enough to, you know, get a job, that's where I went. I went to the crop duster services and uh, that's, you know, the rest is history, I guess, as you can say. Wow. Hey, what about you, Robert? I know you, you grew up around it. So, I mean, it was really a no brainer, I guess. I considered a few other things. I like to draw and paint and I was an artist. I guess I still am a little bit of an artist. I like, you know, creativity. And I was thinking about maybe, you know, starting up an auto body shop, but that was the only thing I considered besides flying. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to be like my dad. And, uh, and then just growing up, you know, being used to it, I'd fly on the airplane with them, you know, when I was younger. And even up when I was a loader man, I'd fly around the different strips. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, it felt right. felt natural. Wow. You know, uh, when I, I came out of college, one of my first jobs was uh, working at Four City at uh, a farmer's co-op down there. And uh, when I was on the farm, I never hopped a plane loading a plane. You know, there was always somebody there. and we were. I was always yeah. that stepping off the steps in the field. Man, I went to work for the co-op and I got to hopping planes. And, you know, there was no motivation for me to want to fly uh, <laughs> after doing that, you know. So, uh, hey, I know that, hey, the equipment has changed over the years. Uh, Mr. Stan, what kind of planes y'all fly now? And then what, what are some of the changes yeah. that you've seen that have happened in some of the equipment, you know, that's, that's took place well, in, the, in the ag pilot industry? Keep in mind, I started flying in uh, 75. And uh, I don't know if you remember the ag trucks, uh, Cessna ag trucks, but they, uh, they were small recip uh, airplanes. And, um, you know, they'd haul about, 200 gallons of chemical at tops, you know. Uh, the airplane I'm flying now is the Air Tractor 802, and, um, you know, it holds more fuel than the, the Cessna that I started in hold chemical. Yeah. So, uh, but back then, like you said, you know, you had to get a person to pack the airplane. We have those packers in our planes now that, you know, just run a, a hydraulic switch. We, we had people that walked the fields. Uh, we've got GPS. Uh, we didn't have air conditioning back then. Uh, we've got air conditioners, you know, uh, windshield washers, uh, uh, wipers, you know, all <laughs> this kind of stuff that we didn't used to have. Uh, I can remember, 
making a, a deflector plate uh, just to keep the chemical off the windshield until you could get back and wash it, you know, because you couldn't reach outside and get it. I, mean, uh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> so it's changed. And, of course, Robert is, you know, he's got way more experience than I do in the 802 because this is my first year in 802, and he's been flying one for what, four or five years. Four, yeah, four years. Um, I would say, you know, now, Archie, I mean, you know, like I, I do timber work, you know, in between the row crop season and we've got hydraulic gates, you know, that all I got to do is pull a trigger. I mean, pull the, the uh, trigger on my flight stick and it opens the gate, you know, for me. I don't have to use the dump handle, work it, you know, manually. Uh, I've got a variable rate system set up. So you just type in your rate per acre, poundage per acre. And it actually, you know, does it for you. Um, there, there's a new spray system out now that actually you can control each nozzle in the cockpit. You can turn off two or three nozzles on the outside, or you can turn on just 50% in the middle, or just cut off one boom, leave the other boom on. And you can up your pressure, down your pressure. You, you don't have to get out, change nozzles, change your fan. I mean, it's it's uh, it's some pretty cool stuff. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean that we we use shape files. You know, I go to I go up north on the corn run, and uh, Dad hadn't done that yet. He usually kind of stays close, you know, uh, around home. But uh, I go on the corn run every year. We have to use shape files, and they the, the farmers want the log, the applied maps, you know, to show that I sprayed the field correctly, and and they use that for their yield, uh, I guess, yield reports. But yeah, I mean, technology is it's getting pretty good. It's getting pretty pretty uh, detailed now. For sure. <laughs> uh, it's going to let you cover uh, cover more acres, uh, probably. I mean, you know, in the future, you know, that's something brand new to me. Uh, I, I, you know, we, we know about the variable rate applicators on trucks. I never, it never crossed my mind about the planes, you know. Uh, yeah. That. So, wow, that's that's just a uh, Hey, a question I always ask, how fast do you fly? Oh, I'd say in the 802, you know, if you're lo- if you're if it's hot and you're loaded down, maybe the first you know few passes you're about one one forty, one fifty. But as soon as you get about you know half half loaded, I mean, even with the power pullback, you're you're pushing you know one sixty, one seventy through the field. Wow! And uh, as long as your pressure, as long as your flow control computer's keeping up with it, you know you can keep on going. Uh, but uh, I mean, ideally, you would want to fly around one forty, but with the technology and the nozzles and the flow uh, rate computers, I mean, they're actually doing a good job at, at those high, you know, high speeds. So. Archie, uh, I tell people yeah. that ask me that, that the telephone poles look like going by a fence post on the highway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I fly up in, uh, in, uh, Illinois under those, uh, windmills. Uh, I mean, these windmills are, you know, 200 foot tall. They're huge. And I'm sitting here flying, looking up, and that propeller of that windmill is going over me. Now that is now that is that's an experience right there. <laughs> yeah, that that would be an experience. Yeah. Hey, what do you what would you guys say is the most stressful part of your job? Hands hands down for me, Archie is losing a friend. Yeah, uh, and I've lost a bunch of, but hands down. Um, uh, and then I've got a son that does this business and, uh, you know, we, we chose this job. We love it. We would do it for free if we could afford to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, I've got a wife that prays for both of us every day. So, you know, I, I've got that working for me. But, Praise you know, you're still, yeah. you're, still, you're still concerned, especially for your son. I'm not concerned for myself because I think I've got it, you know, under control. But, you know, that's just the, that's just the way I handle the stress, I guess is the way you'd say it. But uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say losing, losing our, my friends to this business is probably the hardest and most stressful thing. Yeah. I would say, you know, other than worrying about, you know, not drifting – on another farmer's, you know, crop or whatever, you know, doing the, doing the right application, getting waiting on the right winds. I would say in my, in my personal opinion, I, I would say the most stressful thing would be getting your rest, you know, worried about getting enough sleep, getting enough rest, taking care of yourself. You know, when you're pushing daylight to dark, flying that airplane, you have to be mindful to, uh, you know, get to bed on time, uh, you know, eat right, try to keep yourself healthy as you can. Um, so you can be, you know, vigilant and, and focused in the airplane. And I think that that is a stressful, uh, uh, that's a stressful thing on, on a pilot, you know, because uh, he's, I mean, he's trying to push it, you know, try to get the farmers done and uh, on time. And, and anyway, so I think that's a, that's a mental battle. Yeah. For sure. You know, yesterday morning I got out, I was going to feed some cows early about six and uh, I pulled up to a stop sign, a big rice field across and they got a strip over there and, it was raining and the fertilized uh, truck was out there and the hopper truck and the plane was coming in. And I, I said, man, it's six o'clock. The co-op was out early. The plane's out early and they've been flying for days, you know? So yeah, I can imagine, you know, getting a rest, getting sleep, uh, you know, and being able to uh, just keep your body right. So yeah, that is a tremendous uh, stress. Hey, what's a, what's a story you guys have, you know, uh, Folks like me who don't fly, we're always interested in the pilot story. So what's, what's some good stories that you can tell, you know, feel comfortable telling uh, <laughs> that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead first. Well, uh, I mean, I've got, a, I've got several. And some, <laughs> some of them are, you know, I don't know if I'm too proud of them. And some of them are, uh, are, are you know, stories that I guess made me uh, – uh, think about the Lord and strengthen my faith. So I guess I'll go with one of the strengthen my faith stories. Yeah. I, here's one recent, I was down in Faraday, Louisiana, you know, a few days ago. And, uh, uh, Tommy Elliott said, uh, Robert, I got some Clearfield rice for you to plant. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know of any rice to plant that, that day. And so I was getting my settings together and, and, uh, you know, you know, the hydraulic gate, you got to set it up just perfect. Cause I mean, 20, 27 pounds to the acre of Clearfield rice. That, that's not opening up that gate very much. And you know how expensive that is, Archie, because you're, you know, you farmed and I mean, that's thousands and thousands of dollars in, in that hopper. And once I plant it, you know, it's done. It's, it's there for the rest of the season. So that's really so planting rice really, really stresses me out. It's a good challenge. But anyway, I was uh, I took I took the load and I had so I had enough for 80 acres and I went out there and as I was flying. I got over 40 acres and I noticed I looked down in my window in my hopper and the rice was almost gone. I was like, holy moly. I, I you know, I, 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 there's, what did I do to mess up? I mean, I, I, I just, I just dumped out twice as much rice that, that I should have. Technically I was thinking. So I said, God, please, please, you know, show me, you know, show me what to do or please help me, you know, please help me figure this out. So, and, and this, and this just, is just me, my own, my own, you know, 
experience, but I pulled up out of the field and I was circling, trying to figure out, you know, is the rice stuck in the front hopper? Is did I did I push the wrong buttons, you know, on the hydraulic gate setting? Is my swath right? Blah blah blah. So I said, you know what, God, just you know, show me what to do. So I, I went up. I said I had a thought. I went up and I dove the plane down and into a negative G. And all of a sudden, my back hopper just filled up full of rice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I mean, it was like, thank you, God. And what it reminded me was, it reminded me of the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the fish and the bread. And, you know, I was doubting. You know, I mean, I know it's, you know, it was probably most likely stuck in the front of the hopper. But I was doubting, you know, uh, myself. And I asked God to help me. And and I, it just reminded me of, of have faith, you know, and. And, and then, you know, it, it just filled back up and I had plenty. I ran out on the last trim pass. It was perfect. And I'm, I'm serious. I never get it perfect. And it was, I said, that was awesome, God. That was, that was kind of a, you know, just a thank, thank of me experience, you know? Oh yeah. Now, hey man, anyway, now, you know, somebody listening to that would say, cause you know, as a pilot, you're thinking, okay, it's, did I do something? Is it hung somewhere? Uh, and really, you know, and that's the thing our audience needs to understand, too, and all those listening, yeah. man. Hey, the Lord, nothing's too big, nothing's too small. That's and that does strengthen right. your faith. You yeah. call out and say, look, because you're right, that clear field rice, man, alive, you know, the uh, yeah. expense of it. And then I can just, you know, there's been times when I've been in the consulting business, I'd take my breath and go, uh-oh, I just did something that was not right. You know, yeah. what did I do? And you kind of it's almost a, a brief panic mode to where you, you know. are. Yeah. You're, you're, your heart, your heart jolts. And then you're, you're thinking, you know, you're thinking what's going to, you know, you know, the operator's going to be upset. The farmer's going to be upset. You know, I want to pay for this rice, you know, anyway. So it was, it was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for answering the small problem for me. Well, <laughs> you, you forgot that every morning you asked for God to lead you in your hand. And, well, that's you right. Forget, you yeah. forgot that he did. You, you asked him that, you know, yeah. that's right. Give you that wisdom and that discernment. So, uh, yeah. Hey, Mr. Stan, what about you? What's a story you may want to share? When uh, Robert was four years old and my daughter was just born, uh, Sue and I were, were, uh, you know, we were discussing, um, trying to raise our family in the church. And I was working against that because I worked on Sundays. And so, uh, you know, we, we thought about it. We told people that, you know, uh, where our blessings came from. And at the same time, I'd work on Sunday and I'd say, you know, God can't, he can't provide for me uh, six days out of the week. It's going to take him the whole seven, you know. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, a, a good opportunity to, to do two things. And that would be to, uh, uh, you know, show people that, that God honors you uh, when you yeah. honor him. So we quit working on Sundays in 1986. That was 35 years ago. Wow. And I lost a 40 acre customer over that. And that's the only thing I lost. Yeah. Yeah. The, but the, the story out of that is Archie, is within one year of that commitment, uh, I told Sue, I said, I'm going to take y'all to church instead of send you to church. And out of that one year, and within one year of that commitment, I went from two Cessnas, which are the small planes, to having to, to buy three big planes just to keep up with the work that came in and the new customers that we got. Hmm. So it grew. He, he, he honored he honored us for that. 
Wow. Now that is a, uh, that's a good story. Yep. And I'll tell you what, when yep. you're a groundman, you look forward to that day off. <laughs> I mean, I know a pilot does too, but yeah. that kept me going as I knew Sunday I could sleep late and go to church and not have to, you know, yeah. be at work. So it got, it got, it made anyway. You know, and I, and I say that without saying that it's wrong to work on Sunday. I, I mean, I'm not saying that. Everything you have to do in this life is is based on you know your personal your personal relationship and your personal commitments. It does not mean that everybody has to do that. And by no means working on Sunday is wrong. It's just you know he he gives us he gives us a a, a set of of uh, ways to do things. And if you if you follow them, I mean they're going to be good for you. Bless so, you. Bless you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, you know, I've got the stories about uh, catching people in compromising positions. Uh, I, I, you know, I rode up on a a, a river a river one time that had two uh, two uh, senior citizens were uh, skinny dipping. <laughs> you know, and they didn't know the airplane was anywhere around. Uh, you I, see some strange things. From I, there, I, I was fertilizing wheat one time, and and I said somebody's done got a horse in their wheat field. And I went over to look at it, and it wasn't a horse; it was a llama. Oh wow! In Conway, Arkansas. Conway, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> it had escaped from one of those exotic farms, but you know, it's it's, yeah. it's strange what you see. Yeah, yeah. I bet it is strange what you see from the air. And so, uh, well, hey guys, I want to say thank you for uh, you guys have you know you've given the Lord the glory, and uh, you've given a great testimony of Him. Thank you for your work and. Uh, serving him, but thank you for your work in the community and all uh, that you do uh, out there. And uh, man, wow, what an encouragement you guys have been. And I know many of our listeners are, are encouraged by what you're sharing. Hey, here at AgriHealth Network, again, just a reminder, uh, we're all about providing resources to help you deal with the stress and strains of life. You heard the testimony of Stan and Robert and their relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. We always say, you know, it's spiritual and it's physical. If you ever have questions about anything pertaining to spiritual issues or anything we can help you with uh, regarding uh, mental health issues, emotions, that you can always contact me at Archie at agrihealth.net. That's Archie at agrihealth.net. If you want more information, well, you can also email us info at agrihealth.net. Hey, if you like the That Farm Life podcast, uh, subscribe to it. Uh, get words out, get the word out to your friends and uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those areas of social media. Hey, till next week, we'll be back as we continue in the podcast with uh, Ag Pilots. I always look forward to that. We'll be back. Till next week, though, keep farming and keep the faith. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri-Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith.